Welcome once again to the So Weird podcast holiday special. It's what we're doing tonight. Um, I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. I'm Jimmy. I'm Melissa. And I'm Kat. And um, what are we doing tonight other than celebrating the holiday together? Holidays. Yeah, we celebrating are the holiday. Sleigh rides. We are kicking it at the soda. Most now. of us attempted at it, so yeah, it's, it's melted by now. We <laughs> took too long setting up the episode, but yeah. they're still good. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I thought our Halloween episode was so fun. I loved hearing everybody's um, entries, talking about everything that we love about Halloween. So trying to make it the kind of Christmas holiday special as well, which was, you know, we had to think of it because so weird is like it ties in with Halloween with being scary. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how this episode goes. Well, So Weird has a great Christmas episode, in my opinion. So I'm excited to celebrate that episode and and talk about the holidays and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite um, Christmas themed episodes of any show. Usually, I'm not really a huge fan of those um, themed episodes, but there's a couple uh, that are good to me, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah. I have made a tradition to watch it either every Christmas Eve or every Christmas for the past few years now. I really do love this Christmas episode because other ones, like other TV shows, it's as most holiday episodes, it's either like hit or miss. It's like contrived or I don't know. But I think So Weird being family being a big thing in So Weird, it just works so well. Yeah. I think this is a really good episode to watch around the holidays for people who are sad around the holidays. Just because Fee's so miserable throughout most of it. Yeah. I'm a miserable person, so why that? I thought that it's very rewatchable. Um, you know, there's so many things about this episode that you would not realize unless you were able to go back and rewatch it. So I really love that it has kind of become a tradition for our fan base because even today watching it, I was noticing things that I had never realized. So yeah, I really love this episode. I guess we can go and jump in and start talking about Fountain. So what's everyone's general thoughts on Fountain? And do you guys have like a favorite scene, favorite moment? I really, like I said, I really love this episode. Um, it, uh, as far as it being a um, Christmas themed episode, it does it well. I also love that uh, Fee is just grumpy throughout the whole thing. Yeah, my favorite uh, scene is actually probably the entirety of when she's uh, six years old, because that is just so freaking adorable. But specifically. <laughs> part where she has a fever and uh, Molly is uh, trying to like tell her it's okay but she's freaking out and Molly is like okay your fever can't be that high (laughs) (laughs) and then also when she's comforting Molly uh, when uh, she's crying missing Rick yeah I, I like this episode I guess I'm one of those that has like the winter blues you know those seasonal blues like 
I feel for people that miss their family or, you know, they, they can't relate maybe to other families in, during Christmas time. So I loved watching this episode because in a way, Fee is like, I kind of wish like our Christmas could be like other people, but they're always on the road. Um, but it, it's just so fun. I love the funny moments. There's so many funny moments in this episode. Um, I think my favorite it has to be at the end where she turns back to a baby because we see her and we see Rick and we're just like, oh, my God. And it's just like cute. And you have all the emotions. And I'm just like the whole time. I love it. It just puts a smile on my face every time I watch the episode. Well, I was going to say um, probably my favorite part of the episode. I agree with you guys is when. Uh, she gets to see Rick again. That's really cute. And the scene where she's young and Jack and Clue are playing around her is um, really adorable. Though the main thing I always wonder about this episode is what is Nick? Like, is he Santa Claus? Is he some sort of mischievous, wintry specter? Um, is he an angel or a messenger of a higher power or what? This is the main thing that I wonder about this particular program. It's a good question, and we may never know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know everything about this show. Surely you've um, whispered in the ear of um, whoever wrote this one. No, we haven't. Uh, not yet. But uh, I think she does have a Twitter account, so maybe we should, we should bug her about that at some point. So... I love this episode. Uh, it's one of my top five favorite episodes. I generally like Christmas episodes of television shows, so I'm one of those weird people, but I get into them. Uh, but this one is a really good episode, a, a better Christmas episode than most, I agree. Um, so the reason, I mean, first off, this episode is one of the few episodes that has a, a really uplifting, happy ending uh, of So Weird, especially in regards to the Phillips family. They're actually... I don't know. They're just really happy in the end. And it's one of the happiest episodes of the whole show, I think. So that's part of the reason I love it. And I agree with you all. I love that Fee gets the ultimate Christmas gift uh, of memory of being with her dad because she, she can't remember anything from that time. And I'm sure she remembered after this um, what that was like and what it was like to see him looking at her so with so much love in his eyes. Ugh. But I think my favorite part just has to be the ending on the bus when they decorate, uh, when, you know, Molly, Ned, and Irene all decorate the bus, and uh, uh, Fee's dancing with Jack to the music, and Silent Night is playing. I just think that is, I don't know, the ending is just so beautifully done, and I always end up with a, I always have a big smile on my face at the end of this episode. It makes me, uh, it makes me happy, because they're, they're happy to be together, so... Yeah, and especially now when we're all fall far apart, <laughs> you know, them being happy together at the end of the episode is really, really sweet. So, <laughs> yeah, same. I really, really enjoyed watching the episode again today. Um, I actually like boohoo cried, which I haven't done for a while. But um, yeah, but also it's like my, I guess it's my second technical Christmas without my father. Um, but it really made me remember my dad. And um, I also loved all the family aspects of it. Um, and also, I love the character of Nick because he, I went back and listened to the podcast episode earlier in the day that you guys had initially recorded. Um, 
couple years ago. And um, somebody had said, I think it was Emily or Kat that said that they thought he was like a trickster. And he really does come off kind of like a trickster, kind of like Coyote in Annie's episode, where he's just kind of all over the place, kind of watching her from afar and kind of testing her. And um, but at the end, we did get that sort of clue um, on the back of his taxi that the license plate read North Pole. And then, of course, it's very insinuated his name is Nick. Um, so I was thinking maybe Father Christmas or like Saint Nick. And then in your guys' episode, somebody said for the Catholics, like if he's a saint, like, but that was really <laughs> funny. Going back and listening to you guys. But I really, really enjoyed the episode. It's so beautiful and it's a tradition for us. So, yeah, I loved it. This is one of the rare episodes for me that I actually like it more now than I did as a kid. Maybe it's because, mm-hmm. like, I don't remember really watching it much as a kid because I don't think Disney aired it as often as they should have. But the scene that speaks out to me the most now is where Fee wanders over the soda fountain and has that conversation with Nick where she talks about how Christmas Eve is just going to be like any other night. This hits me so hard now because for me, it kind of feels like I haven't had a real Christmas since my dad passed. And that was about five years ago now. But my dad was like the person who was all gung-ho Christmas. He would decorate the house, make sure we got a real tree every year. We had a tradition of getting a new lawn figure that lights up for the house each year. And we haven't decorated the house since he's gone. Gone. My mom got an artificial tree instead of a real one. And we don't even celebrate with his side of the family anymore because the year he died was the year that my cousins all started having babies and celebrating with their own families. So this episode speaks volumes to me. And I just love the emotion in Carrot Alicia's performance so much. And also it's kind of cool that in the scene where she goes back two years and when she's locked out in front of Ned and Irene's house, they have a frosty figurine that was one of the first ones that my dad picked out when he started decorating our house. Wow. That was a really sweet story. And sad. We feel for you. We love you. Love you too, guys. Mm -hmm. I love that they sing Silent Night at the end. Because, like, I have a soft spot, like, that's just the Catholic in me for when Christmas specials have, like, the religious carols instead of just so-ho-ho Santa Claus type of things. And I really love the looks between Jack and Fee when Molly tells them about how they're not going home that Christmas, that they're going to do a benefit concert. And it's like they're silently communicating each other, like... I'm okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And like, you know, that if one of them spoke up and said that they weren't okay with this, the other one would back them up immediately. Yeah. It was a line that I think either Kat or Emily had alluded to in the original Fountain Breakdown podcast episode. But it's that the part where when Fee does become a baby and, you know, Rick is telling Molly that he wants to go do the benefit when Molly specifically says that we will have Christmas Eve together, just the family, but somewhere else. And then when Fee wakes up, and I had never noticed this before, and I was glad one of you guys caught it in the last episode, um, but I didn't know if they caught the second part, where when Fee does wake up, she tells her mom, um, it's okay, we'll all be together on Christmas Eve, just somewhere else. And then Molly like looks at her like, uh, like there's so many of those moments in this episode where they just like, uh, like remember, 
remember something from the past. But um, I really did appreciate that endearing moment of um, her quoting her mom from that time and then asking, did he dance with me? So she was referring to like this specific memory that Molly would have mm -hmm. had as well and then quoted her in that moment. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's it. Okay. So I loved Fountain so much that uh, about four years ago, I got the script for Fountain. Uh, it says, uh, yeah, So Weird Fountain, episode 212 by Jennifer Cecil. And then it says Sugar Entertainment. Uh, and it's the final white script, which was written and published or whatever, July 13th, 1999. So we got this, Kathy and I got scripts from uh, Fountain and Second Generation. Yeah. From the same buyer on eBay. And um, basically the buyer said that they were a huge fan of the show, but they just didn't know what to do with these scripts. <laughs> like they'd had them for so long, they had no idea what to do with them. So they were going to um, auction them off. And they got the scripts from a friend who is friends with Cara Delizia. So I don't know. It's possible that this was actually Cara's script. I don't know. But it's the final script that they used in... Uh, on set like for the episode I'm guessing because it says final white so yeah that means that's the final script um I, I talked about this some in our review of fountain but there are some things I left out that were different uh from the episode so I thought I'd go into that one thing that's kind of cool I talked about before but um it will list at the beginning it lists the ages of all the characters you may not be able to see very well can you see that yeah 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 so it'll say uh all the characters that are in the episode and what their ages are because you know he goes back in time carrie uh and they're all different ages so it actually confirms the ages of uh like the age differences between the characters because it says fee at 12 years 10 months old and at that same time jack was 14 years four months old and then when Fee was nine years, 10 months old, Carrie was 14 years old, and Clue was 12 years old. It tells you uh, the locations that the episode was shot at, so or was supposed to be um, all the scenes where they were supposed to be located, and which revealed that the, the Phillips family used to live in L.A. That's where they were when Fee was a baby. So, um, but anyway... So, uh, I, like I said, I mentioned a lot of the differences. One cool thing about the script is that there's all these stars on the side. <laughs> I don't know if you see these. But yeah. apparently, this marks changes that have been made uh, in the script. So, there are lots and lots of stars oh. on the ends of the line. So, who knows what the first script for this episode looked like. So, anyway, um, the first uh, change I wanted to bring up tonight was uh you know the scene where carrie is singing his little song to amy um in the original script he says a little more so i guess in the in this show he says oh amy how you slay me uh and then in this one he says your eyes are so fine they shine into mine that's a double rhyme they're the hardest how could she not get that <laughs> it sounds like carrie doesn't that it? is so cute yeah, yeah. So I don't know if, because this is the final script, they actually shot that or, and it was cut in editing or, or what, but um, that's one thing. Uh, let's see. That, that area also features 
heard a lot of the dubbing of Kara's voice over the little girl, right? So that was a very like highly edited part, I think. So they probably did cut his audio. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, one other thing I did this mention. Is so last cool. Time. I <laughs> yeah. One other thing I did mention last time uh, is that in the show, I think you know, six-year-old Thee says, um, you know, if this keeps up, the next thing you'll feel is someone poking inside your belly, yelling, let me out of here. But uh, in the original script, she actually says inside your uterus. So oh, oh, wow. they changed the word there. I'm just imagining a six-year-old saying that. I know. <laughs> and it, it would have been adorable, but yeah, yeah maybe not. There's also the part where six-year-old Fee and Molly have their heart-to-heart. Well, six-year-old Fee, but really, you know, uh, 14-year-old Fee. And um, so then they're talking about, you know, Rick and how Molly misses Rick. And Fee says, we're still going to laugh sometimes. Um, we'll be happy, I promise. And then after Fee says, cross my heart in this script, Molly says, okay then we'll just see what the future brings but in the meantime i'll keep working on being happy in the present on being grateful for what i have right here in front of me right now like my daughter tears spring to fee's eyes she wraps her arm arms around molly i love you mom i love you too baby so that's sweet i don't know why they cut that they cut that out though because that seems like over the top (laughs) cliche it is a little wordy too another part that is different when actually, okay, so in the scene with Rick and baby Fee, there's actually a little interaction with Jack in the script between Rick and Jack. So, uh, okay, it says, Rick smothers Fee with kisses. Jack grabs Rick's pant leg. Rick swings him into the air, laughing as Molly watches and smiles. Rick, am I best boy? I bet Santa's got a shiny new train set with your name on it. Rick tickles Jack, who giggles. We see Molly drinking in the moment, and then Ned comes in. I'm sad they left that out. <laughs> Me too. Poor Jack. He gets left out of everything. I know. Especially when it comes to Rick. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, in that scene, he's hardly in there anyway. Yeah. So I'm really sad they didn't include that. Um, but uh, also the song that's playing. What is the song that plays when Fee's a little baby on the, like, uh, you know, the little machine music box? Okay. Well, it says here it's supposed to be. Mm -mm. It says it's supposed to be the little drummer boy, but I don't remember it being the little drummer boy. So um, that's a little different, too. And then, okay, so you were talking about how. Molly took a video of um, them dancing. Well, Rick, uh, Ned, apparently in the original script, also took a picture. So, and then it says uh, the picture is now in Fee's bedroom. So she really just doesn't remember this, apparently, <laughs> or <laughs> Rick dancing with her. So, and not exactly sure why they took that out, but. I wonder uh, if they did take that picture. And, like, a copy of it exists somewhere. I know. That's what I was wondering, too. Uh, Because I'm guessing they actually did that and then cut it later. But uh, And then, yeah, so at the end of the episode, 
the song that was going to play wasn't going to be Silent Night Cat. Uh, the script says it's supposed to be The Little Drummer Boy. Um, I think I like Silent Night a little better. Me too, but that's funny because The Drummer Boy was my dad's favorite Christmas carol. Oh, it's a good song, but I don't think it fits there. Yeah, but, agreed. Yeah, but anyway, I mentioned some of the other changes too in our other episode. I'm not going to go too in, too far into it, but I'm really glad I had this script, and um, I'm glad I could share it with you all, and you all could actually see it, unlike before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was really cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. That well. is really neat, Emily. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, there, there's been stuff that has popped up on eBay from the show, uh, and I, I need to jump on it when, when stuff pops up like that, because I regret it later. Like, um, at some point, at one of the crew point, jackets, the crew came, jackets off, came off, and it was like $40. I would have paid, I, like, now I'm like, why didn't I pay that money? I would I would do that instantly, but um, someone else grabbed it, and I don't know who you are, but I'm going to find you. <laughs> I've also bought some stuff off eBay. I got um some, or I got one um makeup photo of Alex Johnson. Um, I guess I could show you really quick. <laughs> it's this one. So it's like Alex is in wardrobe, I guess, and they took this photo for continuity. Um, but it's a, like an actual Polaroid of her, so I thought that was pretty cool. And it must have been like what twenty bucks or something. So I was really excited to get it. Is that the bus? Yeah, behind? it was a neat. Um, no, it looks like a, a car. Um, oh. it looks like an SUV. Like okay. An SUV behind her. Yeah. That's still really but cool. She looks, and she's wearing like one of those paisley, one of those paisley shirts that is famous for season three. You know, <laughs> that Mackenzie would wear all the time. And anyway, I liked it. So for the next question, what are your guys' favorite family moments in So Weird overall? It's kind of a difficult question because there's so many good moments. What do you say, Zach? Hmm, well, you know, the first thing that's coming to mind, family. Um... I don't know, the first thing that's coming to mind is Jack and Fee hugging it out and crying in Nightmare. And I don't know why that's coming to mind right now. And I don't even know if you would count that as a family moment, per se. But um, that one's sticking in my brain at this moment. Just the, uh, the intimacy of that moment. You know, Fiona's really vulnerable in that scene. And it feels very sincere. I love that scene. I think when I first rewatched it as an adult, it made me shed a few tears. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't on the Nightmare episode when we originally recorded it. Um, I like this. I like the idea of the scene, but the acting, I think, is not the best of the show. Aw. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to be real. Um, but anyway. Um, I think um, there's two instances that come to mind. Um, one being the ending of Medium. Because, yes, it's really sad. But we just see um, Molly be like a real, like a good parent saying, 
I'm stuck too. And um, I'm, I'm still here for you. They argued a little bit, but then Molly like soothed her and helped her with her guitar. And it was like, that is such good parenting um, during a hard time. Uh, also, another moment that I really like is in James Gar when Fee is like, you know, well, I want to help someone so bad, but like, I don't know how. And she asks Molly like for advice and she's like, just love on them, you know, just love them. And I think that's like, oh, what a great thing to say. I take that advice too. It's like, that's so great. So yeah, those two pop to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, um, for me, the moment that popped in my in my mind was also the ending of Medium. I think a lot of the family moments in the show are sad. That's why I love Fountain so much. But um, that that scene, that conversation that Fee and Molly have, is one of the absolute best in the show about how you know <laughs> Molly just you know she can't she can't have what she wants, and Fee can't give up on on you know, communicating with her dad in some way. It's so heartbreaking. And then Jack is standing right outside the door listening in. And when you realize that, it just breaks your heart. It's it's one of the absolute best scenes in the entire show. Yeah, agreed. My, I was thinking, like, what is my favorite family moment? And, of course, there are so many. But one yeah. that I just could take, I guess, specifically from this particular episode um, that I did appreciate was that it shows us how close the Bells and the Phillips families are. You know, it literally goes back like Fee's entire life and shows you that these, they're basically one family. Like it's two families, but it's one family. They've spent every single Christmas together for Fee's entire life. Like basically, Clue and Carrie are her brothers, and so like I really appreciated that dynamic. And then to know that Rick does go on to pass away, and that you know the Bell family just totally embraced Molly as a single mother and her children. You know, like I just so deeply appreciate the show on like a million different levels. And yeah, but if I could just take it from this episode, I'm like the Bells and the Phillips. Like I love found family aspect of the show is is so wonderful and uh oh i just want to say the clue and fee shippers don't appreciate you saying that clue uh, Clu is fee's brother but uh, <laughs> uh these are the molly carrie shippers thank you Uh-oh. <laughs> um honestly there's so many moments uh pretty much every moment where you get to see molly just being a good mom <laughs> Um, but yeah, there were actually two that, um, moments that popped into my mind immediately when I was thinking about this earlier. Um, first one is at the very end of Tulpa where Molly is talking to Fee and you can just see how proud Molly is of Fee for being able to help, uh, the other kid in the episode. I forget his name. (laughs) Um... And she says something along the lines of, I hope one day you have a daughter and she's exactly like you. And it, I just found that to be a really sweet moment between the two. And then the second moment is um, 
near the end of Mutiny, uh, where Ned is telling Clue how proud he is of him and how much he's going to miss Clue when he's gone. Um, yeah, that is also really sweet. I always thought that was a really sweet scene. But my favorite one is probably at the end of Banshee, the way Jack carries Fee from the woods back to her grandfather's house, puts the blanket on her, and then Molly and her grandpa come down. She hugs her grandpa. I love that scene so much. Yeah. There's so many good scenes. Like, there really are. Like Clue saying, um, talking about Carrie and... Um, Strangeling? Strangeling. Yes, Strangeling. When he's like, you know, my brother's the coolest and all that. It's like, oh, so many good moments. Mm. Ready for the next question? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this next question's a fun one. Um, if you could give a gift to someone, anyone in So Weird, what would it be and who would it be for? Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is here in 2020, I'm sure she would have it already, but if not, uh, Fiona would definitely need a good podcasting rig because, you know, in the modern day world, that's exactly what she would be doing. She would be (laughs) podcasting or making YouTube videos about the supernatural and the paranormal, assuming that the end of lightning rod is non-canon and she she wasn't barred from investigating the supernatural for the rest of her life and all that Hmm. now if i was to travel back in time to like 1999 and give somebody from the show a gift um i would probably have to think about that (laughs) right yeah no this one's like a little tricky to think of because i always think of fee and i'm just like well i just want to give her like uh ultimate pc setup (laughs) like the dual monitors like build your own custom um computer and all that fancy stuff um but i try to think of like the other characters um i'd probably give irene like if possible like a cruise vacation (laughs) i think she needs it i think she would love it I don't know, maybe to Alaska. <laughs> maybe somewhere they haven't driven to. Um, yeah, that's what I'd give her. Uh, well, for Fee, I was also thinking, Zach, of something like a vlogging camera. I'd love to see what Fee would do in a vlog format for the paranormal. And There's your what, there's the reboot. Yeah, and what, <laughs> what adventures she would go on. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I was also thinking of Molly and, um, you know, I think I get her a subscription to Cosmo uh, <laughs> based off uh, what she talks about in Nightmare of her uh, convergent dream that she read about in Cosmo. I mean, print media is dying, so I, I definitely <laughs> would want to support that magazine. I think it's like $12 a year for a subscription. So it's a cheap gift, too, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, that's what I would do for Molly. I didn't know Cosmo was still being published, so... I actually looked it up yesterday. Yeah, you can still get the magazine. I, maybe it's maybe it's digital. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That was a really hard question. Um, 
so I'm going to keep it small, keep it simple. Um, I would probably get Annie, of course, Annie, um, a journal and um, probably a guitar. And then um, as a joke, I'd probably give her a stick and I'd tell <laughs> her to figure it out. <laughs> and I'll give Molly like a bunch of tea, you know, Ooh. a bunch of tea. She definitely seems like the type that would like that. That would like some mm -hmm. hot cheese. And she has an Irish mom, so yeah, it's referenced. It's referenced a few times in the in the show. Molly's always making tea, right? Yeah, I actually had a really hard time trying to figure it out because I have a hard time figuring out what to get people in my real life. <laughs> um, people are just so hard to buy for. But then I remembered this book that I got that was actually my grandma's. Um, it's uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained. And I did definitely have to give Iffy a copy of it just because it's just full of her favorite stuff. <laughs> I think there's even like a chapter on like um, Bigfoot in here. So perfect. Um, and then when I was at my um bookcase and you can ob obviously edit this out if you want to <laughs> Kathy but I thought this would be great for Clue <laughs> <laughs> because you know he's a stoner so it's like an edibles cookbook <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome uh, I could that's slide cool. he's an implied stoner we don't actually know <laughs> He's a philosophy major. <laughs> I know it's kind of out of vogue now, but we all know that Irene is like surgically attached to her cell phone. And I think Irene would be a Blackberry person. I know like they're not around anymore, but I see her as a Blackberry phone person. I, I would thought you were going to say like an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> I am not an Apple person. I would never get anybody an iPad. <laughs> hey, no yeah. one got Carrie a gift, y'all, or Ned. <laughs> the only present Carrie needs is Molly. Uh, <laughs> now, now you've inserted all sorts of really awful ideas in my head, Cat, and you need to <laughs> things I won't repeat here on this show. We try to keep it PG thirteen. Trying to think what would Carrie like? I, I have a feeling he likes tech a lot. Like he gets like an Apple Watch and cool gear for his instruments so he could have an itunes gift card well you know Ooh. let's face it molly's probably like low-key rich so she doesn't really need anything <laughs> <laughs> she can have an ugly christmas sweater right that's that's <laughs> a cow <laughs> and then can have some kiss memorabilia to remind him of the good old days when he toured with them Yes, book that um that their blood was mixed in with the ink. That's what you get them. That's real. That's a good product. Really? Yeah, yeah. They really did that. That was a, a gimmick they did. It was a Marvel comic, and they, all the band members got their blood drawn, and they mixed that in with the ink that the book was published with. Oh man, what would we get, Jack? Since I don't think any of us mentioned him. Uh, me personally. Uh, I know he's into video games. I probably just give him a video game. A switch. Yeah. 
I think that'll be good. Getting the most up-to-date camera. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I could see him playing Animal Crossing for days. <laughs> I would, um... As a, as a callback to Dead Ringer, I would send him a gift-wrapped baseball, and I would not say who it was from. <laughs> <laughs> Gift that would totally freak him out, man. That's what I would do. Evil genius sack. <laughs> yeah, if the listeners want to get the So Weird podcast something for Christmas, apparently Eric Von Detten is on Cameo. So, um, you know, if any of you got an idea, you know, if you, you would like to gift that to us, that would be nice. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Like, we can give him some free promotion now. I only saw that he was on Cameo because uh, on the So Weird account, I, like, want to see updates, like, with him. But he doesn't have, like, a public account. So I follow, like, the real estate family account, which is, I think, is his wife's. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she just made, like, a little story that says, guess who's on Cameo? And, like, that's it. So I was like, is she implying, like, Eric? So I'm going to, I don't know. So I went to go check and... Yeah, he's on Cameo. It's interesting, because we haven't really seen too much of him recently. Okay, so the last question is, if you could think of any media that you'd recommend So Weird fans to watch this holiday season, what would it be? And I know it could be kind of hard to think of like a holiday movie or TV show episode or whatever, so... I just kind of opened it, and, like, if you want to recommend anything, maybe what was something great that you saw this year, well, what would you recommend? Well, if I was going to recommend something, a holiday something to So Weird fans, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen Krampus or Gremlins, but something like that probably has a good crossover appeal because it's both Christmassy and spooky. And there are a lot of Christmas horror movies. Most of them are probably a little, uh, a little more hard R than uh, fans of the show would like. Though, um, the one I saw not too long ago was called uh, "Await Further Instructions." That was was pretty good about um, alien invasion locking everybody inside of their homes. So rather uh, prescient in some ways. Though it came out last year, but um, mm. yeah, maybe that's something that. Uh, so weird fans would enjoy that is sort of adjacent to the holidays but but definitely krampus if you haven't seen it yet that's um that one's a lot of fun good good christmas horror fun i haven't seen that one so yeah i need to get on it (laughs) um yeah i was having a hard time trying to think of a holiday specific because i just i don't watch that many christmas like films I know last episode I talked about Haunting of Hill House, so I'm just going to mention the next season, which was The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, I loved it. Every episode, at least to me, every episode was great. Um, It's another show with some of the same actors from the first season, some new actors, and kind of like a ghost slash love story there's love stories going on and there's ghosts in the house and how do they all intertwine? And I loved it. It was just amazing to me. Great writing. 
Okay, well, I have two recommendations. The first one, if you're thinking a Christmas ghost story, you got to go with A Christmas Carol, right? So I haven't watched this version of A Christmas Carol in a long time. Uh, it's the 1984 George C. Scott Christmas Carol. Uh, and when I was a kid, it terrified me. It, it really scared me. Um, the uh, Jacob Marley in that... <laughs> Uh, version uh, portrayed by Frank Frank Finlay, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I'm not sure though, but he is terrifying, or he was to me as a kid. So um, yeah, I, I got to recommend that one. I mean, Ghosts. V probably loves the Christmas Carol. I have to guess, but um, anyway. And uh, the other thing that show that I'm going or the uh, movie that I will recommend is Little Women. Oh yeah, I've mentioned that before. Um, the 1994 Little Women is one of my favorite films of all time, if not my favorite film. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not really a Christmas movie, but it does open at Christmas and it's set over, you know, like many year period. So there are a few more Christmas scenes in it. The Thomas Newman score is amazing and perfect for this time of year. Uh, one of my favorite film scores of all time. Um, and... Also, I mean, it's a great movie, but uh, there are five actors from So Weird in Little Women uh, because oh. it was filmed in Vancouver. So I will just tell you who's in it, but I'm not going to tell you who they play just in case you decide to watch so you can try and find them for yourselves. But uh, Jay Brizzo is in it. He was the teacher in detention. Beverly Elliott is in it, and she was Janet in Bangle By. Tegan Moss is in it, and she was Rhonda from season three. Matthew Walker is in it, and he was the video game creator in Bangle By. And then David Adamson is in it, and he's the fake medium in Medium. So, yeah, definitely check it out. I don't know if it's streaming, but I think it, it has to be somewhere. It's, it's a classic. <laughs> no, no, I think you brought up the Christmas Carol, because that's actually what I'm reading right now. Yeah. <laughs> Before yeah. we go any further, Emily, I have to ask you, what did you think of the uh, the most recent Little Women adaptation, the uh, Greta Gerwin? Okay, so going into it, I was like, oh my god, no. Like, <laughs> I just love the 1994 version so much. It makes me sob every time, um, and it's just so special to me. I, I didn't really watch it every year growing up, but I don't know why. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, this movie is perfect. I love it. So... But the 2019 version did have some things that were better in it. I'm not going to lie. Um, Amy. Amy was better. That's the main thing. Um, it, you won't know what I'm talking about if you know nothing about Little Women. But, um, yeah, she she was much better in that version. But still, 1994 is tops. And it's probably because of Thomas Newman's score. It's just magical. It's wonderful. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm very opinionated. I could go on forever. But we've already been doing this for so long. So, Next up. Super passionate. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So um, it's difficult to think of something that's kind of like horror. I couldn't really like come up with anything that nobody's seen, you know, like other than something that's like outright horror like Krampus. Um, so I just really appreciate the classics, like anything Playmation from the 70s, like that is just hits home. It's nostalgic for me. Um, so I'm yearning for that this year. I will definitely be searching out some classics. Um, Jack Frost, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, like all the good ones. Um, but then also we have to mention that Eric Lively was in a Christmas movie. Hello, 
He's in Amadea Christmas. So, yeah, go watch Amadea Christmas and Eric Lively's in it. So, um, I think that's it. Other than you have to check out Mariah Carey's A Christmas Special on Apple Plus. It is amazing. I enjoyed it so much. And, yeah, and the soundtrack. Anyway, you got to see Mariah Carey, the Queen of Christmas. Got to mention her. And Zach's like, no. (laughs) Bro. No, it was so good. So good. Christmas special. It was amazing. Santa like calls Mariah on the phone and he's like, Mariah, we have a Christmas emergency. We need your help. And Mariah's like, I'm on my way. Boom, boom. Like so campy. Okay. All of us. Uh, For me, there's a show on and the CW called Legacies. It's a spinoff of the originals, which is a spinoff of the Vampire Diaries. Um, it is so good. And it, I like to compare it to, to, let's say, if you like roll the So Weird and Buffy and Harry Potter into like one show, it would end up representing legacies we actually have a christmas episode um it's season two episode eight i believe and it's called uh this christmas was surprisingly violent they all the episode names are uh literally just quotes of the episode which is kind of kind of cool um I I don't really want to explain the episode just because there's no explaining it and not just not making any sense at all. Uh, but um, you get to... But Krampus comes in. He's trying to infiltrate the school. Um... It's Christmas in October for some reason. Uh, There is a massive, like, kung fu fight between Krampus and Santa Claus. Uh, (laughs) It is wonderful. And it's funny. And Hope Michelson, the the character, the main character, is, like, very much like Fee and very unjolly the entire episode. And, um, yeah, it's on Netflix. You can watch the first two seasons there, uh, including this episode. And uh, season three starts in January. So, yeah, highly recommend. Well, I, I don't know what that is, but uh, Kung Fu Santa. <laughs> that yeah, yeah the- there, there's, a, there's a huge fight between... Uh, Santa Claus and Krampus and there. It's like the height of the episode. You have to watch it. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so the Christmas movie that I would recommend any fan of So Weird to check out this holiday season would be Christmas Every Day because it stars a young Eric Von Zetten. It's a really cute Christmas, like, made-for-TV movie kind of thing where it's very Groundhog's Day-esque where Eric Von Zetten's character has a little sister who wishes it was Christmas Every Day. Christmas for Eric Von Zetten sucks, so he is not pleased about this at all. So it kind of ties in with Fountain over there. And he eventually, by repeating the same Christmas over and over again, learns to appreciate his family and everything that Christmas is. 
So it is available for free if you have Freeform through cable. It's on demand there or available on their website. It's a movie I only saw because of Eric Von Dutton's in it, but it is a really cute movie and worth checking out. Never heard of that. No, I might check it out. It's a good one. It's yeah, cute. I've never heard of it either. And you you made that sound so interesting. Like, I want to see that so bad. Good. And um, I know that Mackenzie Phillips was in a Christmas movie. Um, and it's about a dog. Um, I'm about... It's called Her Hercules Saves Christmas. And Mackenzie Phillips plays like this evil lady. And this dog is like trying to run around and like save Christmas. And Santa's <laughs> elves are in it. But Mackenzie's like the evil lady who's like trying to stop the dog. And it's like one of those little made for TV cute films. But Hercules Saves Christmas starring Mackenzie Phillips. I just oh. remembered that when you talked about that. Here, um, Von Detten one. And I'm gonna find uh, that. Yeah. That's cool. Like something that you know to check yeah, out during like, the season. Like I don't really watch anything, so it's like I should check that out. <laughs> yeah, Hercules saves Christmas. And what was the one called with Eric Von Detten? Christmas, Christmas every, every day. day. And a Medea Christmas. Those are our like so weird Trifecta. cast mm-hmm. members that have Christmas. Patrick Lovitz has got to be in a Christmas movie. I know he's done Hallmark movies. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard of him in a Christmas one. So he needs oh. to get on that. Did you have other uh, suggestions, Kat? No, just Christmas Every Day. That's the only one I okay. can think of that fans of So Weird specifically would love and isn't overstated. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the one recommendation that I'm, like, definitely going to go find and watch like I definitely want to see that uh, yeah and how old is Eric in that, that film like what's his age range he's young like it's way pre so weird I think it's from it's 90s something like early 90s I don't I know I didn't realize he was in those I didn't realize it was was it him that was in one of the original Escape to Witch Mountains or something yes and I never really put that together i never put that together but i had the hugest crush on like probably all the boys that did those movies back in the early days (laughs) remember those witch movies like escape to the witch mountain and then whatever they were but there were like three of them or something from like the early 80s and then but all the boys that had the powers were super cute and eric was one of them right yeah all right so moving on to the fan portion of the episode we asked the fans the same questions and We had a lot of people um, respond. Hi, my name is Lauren. Hello, I'm Elizabeth. Hi, I'm Sasha. Hi, I'm Lauren. Hey everyone, my name is Melissa. Hi, I'm Billy. Hello, so weird fandom. Hey everyone, my name is Rafi. I'm a big time fan, long time fan. So weird, fan of the podcast as well. I'm trying to get into the festive spirit a little bit. Um, I took part in the Halloween special of the So Weird podcast two months ago, and when I heard that there was a holiday special coming up, I figured it's only right to take part in this one, too. First, I want to show off this, my, my, my So Weird shirt I got. So I'm really excited for this, uh, this Christmas fan interactive, and to celebrate, I even poured myself a glass of eggnog. So why don't we go ahead and get to it? Question one. What are your thoughts on So Weird's Christmas episode, Fountain, and favorite moment from it? I really enjoyed it. 
like Emily, I enjoy whenever, um, you know, TV shows will do a holiday episode. I appreciate that. I like that V gets younger and younger, so we can see more of Rhett. Um, what I really liked about the episodes are, which I'm sure everyone does, are the flashbacks, right? Because they fill in so much of the texture, right? Of sort of the, this families that we've kind of uh, grown to know over the past season and a half um, of So Weird. Um, so I really like how the flashbacks really fill in, right? Some of the kind of like backstory um sort of the family lore of, of so weird um, so what i really think is cool about fountain is how strongly it hammers home the message of yes let's remember our lost loved ones and years past but let's not wallow because if we stay stuck in the past we're going to miss out on our pretty cool present uh, um i think that fountain kind of encapsulates this battle inside between needing things to be perfect and then eventually accepting the perfectly imperfect and leaning into change it's a really hard lesson um and just like the rest is so weird that's a fairly grown-up theme <laughs> like that's something i i still uh have to remind myself of sometimes so so the fact that it's in a, a children or, or family show is uh it's really um awesome um, and, and what makes that show so timeless and so so good, of course. The irony is that when we see, when she goes back in time and we see her on former Christmases, um, we actually see that they're not perfect. Um, whether she has a fever or there's a big snowstorm and, um, you know, Ned, Ned has some sort of setback or uh, Rick gets called to do another benefit concert um, or you know there was another one where there was a big mess that was uh, she she kind of forgets that every Christmas had its disappointments and its um, you know its problems but it didn't mean that it wasn't beautiful I think everyone can relate to Fee's dismay over not getting to celebrate the holidays the way she wants to the pandemic has affected everyone in different ways, but I think a common ground we all share is that it has forced us to be separated from our family, friends, and loved ones. As much as we want to, you know, get together with everyone for the holidays, you know, obviously we can't do that without posing a risk to everyone around us. So we are forced to plan alternatively. Um, even though the circumstances are different, I, I can relate to Fee in that regard. Yeah, I like how, um, kind of building on that, we kind of see how, um, like, what makes the holidays painful, too. Um, it's a beautiful time of year, but it's also very stressful, and it's very painful for people, too, um, especially this year. Lots of folks have a tough time with the holidays. That's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be about hanging your stockings, sleeping in your own bed, dancing to Christmas music. Now this Christmas Eve is just going to be like any other night. It's a really hard lesson. And in some ways, it continues that story theme uh, of wanting what one person can't have. Um, I think, you know, you see that in Molly and Jack and Rachel, obviously. But these struggles to maintain Christmas seems a lot about control and trying to get a, like a small sense of ownership over the hole in her heart. Um, 
Well, either that or she just wanted some Coco and a compilation CD. I don't know. Actually, I generally like this episode. Um, it's uh, a little bit cheesy, obviously. Um, and I actually do think it's a little bit creepy with Nick. I do have a critique about this episode, which is how the time traveling was ignited. So it's kind of weird. So, with, with, with that diet offering Fee a peppermint mocha and, and, and her traveling through time and trying to get back to the malls, stuff like that. But if you want to be really real for a sec, it, Nick is basically a grown man spiking a drink and then giving it to someone who's underage, specifically a teenage girl in this case. You know, while he's not intending to cause any harm, the execution is just. It doesn't sit well with me. I don't think that if this episode were made today, I don't think, you know, Disney would have gone away with it doing it like this. Another thought is that I like the subtle way the episode addresses the fact that Nick is Santa Claus. I mean, it's indicated in his name, in the magic, and in the license plate on the back of the taxi he drives near the end of the episode. If you look closely, it clearly says North Pole. If that doesn't tell you he's Santa Claus, I don't know what will. Um, but yeah, it's a very, it's a, quite an excellent example of showing, not telling, in my opinion. As far as, you know, like favorite moments, you know, I have to go with the kind of uh, obvious ones where, you know, we get to see Fee dancing with her dad when she's a baby. Is, um, when Rick is spending time with baby Fee. The, where baby Fee is, like, pulls herself up on the edge, you know, on the top of the crib and uh, and is looking very adoringly at her dad. You know, if you watch So Weird, you're very well aware that Fee loves her father, even though she never really got to know him when he was alive. And I don't know who got that moment so perfect, because it's one of those moments where, like, if you've grieved a significant loss like that, like, you, you watch it and you go, yes, that's exactly it. Like, that that longing and that, that awe um, that, that she, that baby, <laughs> the baby shows in that moment. Um, it, it's, it's perfect. So well done. My favorite moment in Fountain is really brief, and it's when Molly is just aghast at a super young Fiona talking about being born. She's like, get me out of here! Where we get to see young Fee comforting her mom and saying how, um, you know, we will get to, we'll have times where we laugh. I love those moments from the show. And when Fee and Jack are dancing together at the end, that's really sweet. Um, my favorite moment of the episode, though, is actually um, towards the very beginning, right? Um, where we sort of get Fee going all over the mall trying to find a lot of the Christmas um, stuff. Because um, we see like a different, I don't want to say a different side of Fee because she, she has the same kind of like enthusiasm and sort of like passion, right? But it's for um, Christmas, right? So we get to know a little bit more, you know, outside of this, her paranormal interests, right? Um, how she is um, uh, with her family, right? And so, like, my favorite moment, even within that, is when she's sort of like, you know, telling Warning Jack, rather that everyone's got to dance, right? Or like she does this kind of move, right? So I thought that added a lot of like, um, I don't know, uh, more pizzazz than we knew to sort of the, the character. Um, so I really, uh, I really like that about. Um, in terms of like favorite moments um, from Fountain. But if I had to pick one, I think it would be when um, Fee tells Ned not to worry 
about like his gig with Kiss, the, the reunion tour being cancelled. She says, oh, don't worry about it. My mom's going to go back on the road in a few months and she'll hire you. Um, why is that my favorite moment? When I saw that, I thought to myself, like, I wish we could do that in life. Like, I wish I could go back to, um, I could go back in time and reassure my friends and family about things that, you know, we didn't know about at the time, but obviously in hindsight we do. Like, um, you know, oh, don't worry about moving uh, to a different city. Like, you'll be totally fine and it's the, the best decision for you. Um, I wish I could do that for my loved ones and I wish someone like at, at really difficult times in my life um, when I really wasn't sure what to do or whether I was in the right place. I wish someone could reassure me, um, someone from the future. As far as like a favorite line that I have, and I guess it is a family moment as well, is when, um, you know, Fee starts drinking the Coco Sleigh Ride and she's back in her 12-year-old body and she realizes, oh shoot, I'm not at the mall anymore. And she kind of says out loud to herself, this is Clue and Carrie's house. And Ned kind of has this quintessential dad line where he says, um, yeah, unless they moved out and didn't tell us, which I really got a kick out of um, because Ned is kind of just everybody's dad. You know, he's a really endearing character and I love that line. I got a, I got a laugh out of that. So overall, I really do like the Fountain episode. I love that it builds the backstory of the Phillips family and also how the Phillips family and the Bell family are so intertwined. A, a family moment that sticks out to me is in the episode uh, with, with Macbeth at the end where they're talking about going out to eat or something and, and Clue and Jack both yell, Siesta Taco! And Molly goes, everywhere we go! And that's such a, it always makes me laugh because uh, that's such like a, a non-celebrity normal family moment. I don't know, it makes me laugh. So it's it's a true family moment and, and Clue is included, which is which is nice as a child. So it's it sort of exemplifies that um, that found family that they've created as well. Um, I really like the question around family. Um, and that's some of the one, one of the things that I think about a lot um, when I watch and rewatch and rewatch um, So Weird is because it gives us such a strong, especially considering sort of, you know, airing on Disney Channel back in the day, such a strong representation of a very non-traditional family in many different ways, right? Um, and I'm more of a scholar and academic, so I use the term queer, right, in sort of the more um, kind of activist, political, academic sense, right? Queer sort of like, and against the grain, right? Non-normative representations. Um, and so I, I read a lot of queerness into some of the familial elements that um, uh, So Weird sort of offers, right? Not just sort of like how, not just, the mobility, right? I mean, just from the get-go, like the a family on the road is already sort of like non-traditional from what we see on TV, right? It's not a sitcom, right? It doesn't take place in a particular house, although later episodes do take some place in the house, right? So in terms of like family, I that's what I really like. It gives us like a different kind and feel of families. And there's also like a few episodes, I'm gonna throw a bone to season three here, um, even though I am in the camp that season three just does not mesh but in my rewatch my disney plus rewatch of season three i don't know i was kind of cut jiving with some of those episodes towards like the second half of the season where like the widow's walk or 
grave mistake, right, where it's this weird concoction of a family, right? It's what I would consider kind of a queer formulation where you have sort of Molly, Jack, Annie, and Carrie, right? I think in those, and they're like, it's a very stripped down episode. Those are a couple of very stripped down episodes and they act very much like a family, even though, you know, the only familial relation is, you know, um, Jack uh, being Molly's son, right? But in terms of how they operate as like a family unit in that house, right? Um, I don't know, I kind of, I was jiving a little bit with it, giving me some kind of like queer, non-traditional family vibes. Um. My favorite family moment comes from the episode Blues, and B is singing a song which later is discovered to be from Foster, not Natty. And seeing her get emotional, and then she finally says, all right, Blues is allowed, like, come on in, and Molly's singing, it's great. Wished we had a full version of that song, but yeah such a great episode um i really honestly i mean irene kicking her family aside uh my really really love that moment uh in banshee where molly does her signature hand movement like give me a hug and to fiona and i think it just really beautifully shows uh like no pretense just what a warm person that molly is and you know, uh, what a good parent she is. She's being the change in her family uh, that, you know, her father never gave her that sort of thing. But it's that insistence on being warm that uh, actually makes her father become a better person. So everyone's learning from everybody. So I actually want to take this opportunity to highlight the entire episode of Banshee. I think it does a great job of showing the different dynamics between different family members. Um, obviously a big one is the relationship between Molly and her father as she's trying to mend things between them throughout the episode. I think we all have that experience of being at odds with different family members. I certainly do with family members on both sides of my family. Um, but I think what this does a good job of showing is two family members actually taking the time to mend a fractured relationship. So I really like that. Um, Something else I want to point out from that episode is the moment between Fee and her grandmother Kathleen where they're discussing what they saw earlier that day on their walk when they came across a Celtic grave mark. Um, the way that, you know, her grandmother, you know, explains what they saw, what they think they saw, it indicates to me that if, if the grandmother had played a bigger role in the show, I think she would serve as kind of the confidant for Fee when no one else can listen to her about what she's seen in the scheme of the paranormal world. So it's something that I think about a lot. Um, as far as favorite family moment goes um, for So Weird overall, it, it's gotta be, um, I mean, it's more of a, you know, a heartbreaking scene, but my favorite family scene, family moment of So Weird is towards the very end of Medium um, where you know, we have this sort of the breakdown between Molly and Fee, um, but then Molly finally gives in and starts, you know, teaching Fee some of the um, uh, uh, the guitar, right, um, the Rick's theme, and then we get the cut to Jack, right, um, sort of just hearing this, and it's just like it's hard, like hearing the conversation, right, between, uh, or like we know that he had heard the conversation between Molly and Fee about um, or about their father, right? And it's just so heartbreaking and it's so weird, <laughs> um, pun unintended, um, to end on a shot like that, uh, which makes it even more powerful. Um. 
favorite family moment, I would have to say the moment where Jad fights that dragon for Fee. If he doesn't exactly believe in the weirdness yet. I just think that's a, that's a really good moment. And I, re I really enjoy that moment. One that sticks out is um, just all the times that you see the interaction between Fee and Jack, or in season three, Annie and Jacks. I like that because um, I have an older brother and we kind of had the same dynamic. Um, you know, my brother would pick on me just the, the, the same way that Jack picks on his sister or on Annie. Um, I like the moments where they make up though. Like um, in Sacrifice, for instance, when Fee gets lost in the woods and um, Fee overhears Jack trying to talk to Fee, telling her like, it's okay, you know, I hope you're safe. And um, Fee is watching, uh, but Jack doesn't know she's there. It's, it, it was kind of a touching moment because Fee realizes that, you know, underneath the facade that Jack has of like, oh, you know, all this weird stuff is, is really ridiculous. Um, you know, under beneath the surface, he really cares about Fee. Next question. If you could give a gift to any character from So Weird, what would it be? And who would it be for? I mean, there's the obvious answer of, you know, I wish I could give Fee uh, better technology, uh, you know, a smartphone with a really good camera to capture you know, ghosts and, and uh, other paranormal activity. Um, a better internet connection, uh, that's no longer dial-up. I would, <laughs> Fee already has a spell book, so I say why not complete the, 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 the set for our possible wits. <laughs> let, let, let's give her a wand or a medit stiff. And I'd give Fee the ring back so that she could be protected again. I would give a journal to Fee. As someone who's been keeping journals for almost 19 years, I know the therapeutic benefits of it, and I think that it would really benefit her to document not only her paranormal experiences, but also other things she has on her mind, like Jack being annoying, Molly not really giving her the benefit of the doubt about what she's seen, and so on. I mean, already she uses her website as kind of a space for that, but you have to understand, at the time that So Weird was made, I don't think internet safety was really a thing. I don't think we really comprehended yet that once you put something online, it's there forever. So I think for Fee to have her own space to document everything on her mind onto paper and for her to see only, I think it would have really helped her, um, especially at the age she was. Um, for Molly, I was thinking like a nice leather bound journal just so she can, you know, keep her ideas for songs and lyrics in there. I know that. Um, it's nice to have a spot where you can keep track of all that and, and also there's something about handwriting lyrics and poems and things like that. So I think she might appreciate that. I would give a gift to Molly because I feel like she's really operating under a facade. Like she's acting like she's got it a lot more together than, than she really does. And the gift I would give her, well, first I would I would go find all her photos, or I would ask her for all her photos, because that's, uh, you know, the right thing to do. And then I would scan them all and sort them by year and such. I'd get Fee to help me with that. We'd sort them by year. 
and uh, that way she would have an electronic copy of all her photos and, and could look at, um, you know, what she's, you know, have them all close by. And uh, the other half of the gift I would give her is I think I would try eat, figure out all her favorite foods and get her those and some hot tea and something so she could just have a relaxing sort of spa day at home. Um, for Irene, I was thinking a spa package because at the beginning of Voodoo, she is so pumped to have pamper day. So I was thinking a package where she should, could get like a massage or a pedicure or something. I would give Rebecca some taxi fare because she needs to get out of there. And why hasn't anyone actually checked up on her? Like, the, like legitimate question. They had like three seasons. What? Rebecca, Rebecca at most gets a glance of an email in Avatar and that's very sad and I just want her to be okay. For Jack, my initial thought was a set of encyclopedias because he's kind of a nerd. Um, but as I thought a little bit more, um, a more thoughtful gift might be, you know, airfare or a bus ticket to go see Gabe. Um, for Ned, I was thinking, um, and again, I'm imagining that I'm in the year 2000, probably like a CD or maybe a CD set of some classical music because I remember there was one episode where he is uh, listening to classical music and like eating carrots and pretending to, you know, conduct the orchestra with um, his carrot while he's reading. So I thought that for Ned. You know, a, maybe a better tour bus so that it's more comfortable for the whole crew. For Carrie, I was thinking something musical. However, guitars are, are quite expensive and I'm on a budget, you guys. I'm on a budget for these fictional characters. Um, so I was thinking for him, like a guitar strap with maybe a unique design on it. Um, and then as for Clue, I was thinking um, something to do with surfing. I'm gonna guess he already has a surfboard, but maybe um, like wax to go to you know, surfers always need wax and um, maybe a wetsuit if he doesn't already have a wetsuit so that he can kind of extend that surfing season. 2020 technology, but not 2020 itself, would be a pretty cool gift for uh, for everyone in, uh, in So Weird. So. Last question is, what other media would you recommend So Weird fans to check out this holiday season? I have always really liked Scrooge um, and I really, really love Muppet Christmas Carol. I have so many, so many warm memories about that. And ironically, I would recommend um, the A Christmas Prince series. Uh, Jenny Nicholson, who was just the YouTube experience, uh, did this fascinating deep dive into its cinematic universe. And I just think it's really goofy and ridiculous in the most Hallmark movie-like way. As, as other trivia stuff I would like to mention, I would like to put other people to check out the ultimate Disney Channel's The Ultimate Christmas Present and Nickelodeon's Albert the Little Christmas Tree. Those are two forgotten Christmas movies I really think people should pay more attention to. Of course, It's a Wonderful Life, which I love. It's not Christmas without it, um, nor is it Christmas without A Christmas Carol, uh, and I watch multiple versions every year, um, especially uh, the George C. Scott version, the, uh, the 1951 version uh, in black and white, and um, the, uh, the Muppets version too, because I like it. But I'm a big fan of classic movies, and so I love White Christmas, Shop Around the Corner, 
um, Christmas in Connecticut, which is really underrated, um, but it's really great. Um, uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. I guess it's not technically a Christmas movie, but it ends at Christmas, and uh, I really like it with uh, Julie Gar Judy Garland. I recommend So Weird Fans to watch. Good luck, Charlie. It's Christmas. I like that one scene in the movie where Amy and Duncan are having an argument. <laughs> but in terms of recommendations for um, things to watch uh, during the holiday season for other So Weird fans, um, uh, I don't have like holiday recommendations, but there are a couple movies that I would recommend, um, both that came out this year. First is The Vast of Night um, that I just caught like a couple weeks ago and um, I thought it was so well done and so well executed. Um, it's, a, a, it's a genre piece, it's relatively short, it's 90 minutes or less, and it did take like 20 or 25 minutes for me to get hooked, but then I got hooked. Um, and so it definitely, it's very, you know, genre sci-fi, so it's right up so, so weird fans, alleys. Um, and the other recommendation I have is if you're trying to catch up on movies from this year, um, the Netflix movie, um, The Old Guard. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, um, but it has sort of a very close affinity um, in terms of thematics to a fan favorite So Weird episode. Um, and so I would highly recommend um, checking out The Old Guard because I thought a lot about this particular episode um, while I was watching it. Um, and um, I think definitely everybody should go watch Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix if you haven't yet. That one's really cool. If you saw Haunting of Hill House, which is probably by far the scariest thing I've, I've ever seen, um, or go watch that if you haven't. Bly Manor isn't as scary, um, but it's a, it's a really good classic ghost story. It's really fun. And both of them, like I don't like slasher films or anything. I like, I like shows with a really good story and both of them have a really, really strong story and they're great. So go watch both of those. Um, so like Kat, I can't remember if I already said this, but I am also an English teacher. And so I figured I would um, recommend a book. And so this book is called The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. And it is just such a feel good book. Um, it has elements of fantasy and of magic um, but really at its core it's it's a family book you know like this kind of created family that we make for ourselves and um, you know so it has elements of so weird and that it's like this this familial bond and the family that really cares for one another and you know protects each other and loves each other so there's there's that element um, and then there's also like a bit of weirdness right it's um, kind of this orphanage for magical children and these are the magical children who really no one else wanted. So I, I loved this book. It brought me a lot of joy and um, you know I just think we need more things in our lives that bring us joy. So this book brought me joy. I hope it brings you joy. It's called The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. So I am going to recommend two new holiday media. If you have access to watch So Weird on Disney+, Plus, then you have access to watch the LEGO Star Wars Holiday Special that came out a few weeks ago. It's cute, it's funny, it explores the different eras of the Star Wars universe, including the era that the Mandalorian is set in. Um, it's not meant to add a ton of new substantial uh, lore to the Star Wars canon, it's just there for 
pure fun entertainment. And while you're on top of that, maybe you can swing on over to YouTube and watch an advert from Disney UK called From Our Family to Yours. It's very beautifully done. It tells a very emotionally moving story in just three minutes. It's centered on a Filipino grandmother and granddaughter, which was very meaningful for me to see. I am Filipino American and I don't get to see my culture represented a lot in mainstream media. So this was huge for me in that regard. Um, even though it's you know very specific to a particular culture, it's still a universal story. It made me cry. And if it doesn't make you cry, you have no soul. Just saying. So maybe you have a bit of a soul. Um, but yeah, definitely go watch from our family to yours. It's very, very beautifully done. And I hope that there are more adverts that come out like that in the future from Disney UK and the Wired Disney uh, brand. I just wanted to say thanks to Kathy, Kat, Emily, Zach, Jimmy, and Melissa. I think that's everybody. I have really enjoyed listening to the podcast and feeling like I have, um, you know, that I'm hanging out with people who are talking about So Weird, even though I'm listening to it after, you know, several years after you guys recorded it. I, I'm loving it. So thank you for that. So yeah, thanks for doing this, um, for including the fans um, in the podcast. Uh, and I can't wait to hear it. I guess, well, happy Christmas and happy St. Lucia. Good Yule. Uh, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy New Year, um, happy all the solstice and all of the holidays that uh, threaten a fire hazard from too many candles. Uh, I hope that everyone has a wonderful um, Christmas or holiday season, um, and I hope you all stay safe and uh, take good care of yourselves and be kind to one another. Happy holidays. Thanks again, and uh, cheers. Wow, like, what thoughtful, analytical, like, responses that we get from everyone all the time. It's yeah, so yeah. great to hear. I, I love how insightful they, everybody is. They bring up stuff that, you know, maybe we forget, or like, you know, they just kind of expand upon. Like, I just really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I loved everyone's, like, really thoughtful gift ideas, like, those people know how to shop for yes. like presents for people. I, I struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. But um, uh, Rafi mentioned uh, he recommended the old guard. Uh, I noticed that tweet. He he actually recommended it on Twitter at some point. Uh, and I'm not going to say what so weird episode he thought it was similar to, but I definitely agree. I watched it because he recommended it, and it was a really, really good movie. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make a sequel. It feels like there should be a sequel, but, you know, with the pandemic and everything, who knows? Let's. I really hope they do, because it was it was really, really well done, and um, it was a very moving movie. Oh, uh, Lauren mentioned uh, that Nick spiking Fee's drink would not fly today. I definitely agree. They would have to find another way to get fee to go back in time which wouldn't be too hard but yeah giving her a drink that's <laughs> that sends her back in time it wouldn't work today yeah I, honestly that's something i never really thought about like 
I wonder what it even is that they spiked her with. Magic. Obviously, yeah. I thought Elizabeth brought up a really good point when she talked about her insights on the message of this episode being to focus on the present. And she also made me want to cry talking about how well the adoring baby look was done in that scene with Rick and Baby Fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also loved what Lauren the Lauren L said about um how, you know, Christmas for her wasn't exactly what she wanted it to be or she was like on the road and how that could relate to people now like maybe Christmas is not how you want it to be but you know you could find your ways to celebrate or you can find your ways to be happy yeah that's a good time for this year yeah really great advice because I hadn't even thought of that really like when she said that like and it's COVID-19 so how perfect I was like oh yeah absolutely like we're all everybody's kind of disjointed right now so you know in their own way if it's not directly affecting you it's directly it's affecting people you know it's affecting you know your job everything so yeah no one is going to have a christmas eve like every other christmas eve that they have this year that's true yeah going to be different so here's to hoping christmas 2021 is a little bit different Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank, the yeah. world is healed. Yeah. Thanks once again to Billy, Elizabeth, Lauren P, uh, Melissa, Naseya, Rafi, Sasha, and Lauren L for sending videos. It was wonderful to put some faces and voices to familiar names like Naseya and Rafi. And uh, also, Lauren, welcome. I mean, we are all four new listeners. Yeah. And we're so glad that you found us. Yes. And so, Lauren, thank you so much for offering your condolences. And I just love how you brought up the quintessential dad line from Ned. That is so on point. <laughs> and I just also have to say that now that we know their ages from the script that Emily found, it mm-hmm. does disturb me that Carrie is only 19 when Fee is 14. But all the moments in season three between Molly and Carrie, just they can't be ignored. They can't. <laughs> Thanks for listening in to probably what's going to be a long episode. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, happy holidays, everyone, and happy new year. We'll see what comes in 2021 regards to the fandom. Um, yeah, as always, keep the faith. Mm-hmm. I'm Kathy. I'm Emily. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. I'm Melissa. And I'm Kat. Zach got abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas.